Like a snake out of the grass. We're joining your world. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we're going to slither right into your ears. And you're something for some people, their eyes, too. You know, we're on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube if you haven't yet. YouTube.com slash Ape. We like it. I like it because I like to watch podcasts. So if you want to watch this podcast, yeah. you can join us. It's like a little bit of a different vibe. We only we only watch podcasts, right? Like the podcasts we consume are video podcasts. Well, because I want to hang out with people and I, like yeah. I want company, yeah. and that's kind of the space I want to hold for other people. Is like I want to keep you company. Yeah. When and I'm just listening, I feel like. Uh, I feel like I'm being taking things too seriously. Yeah, right. right you know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> when, when you're just when, when you kind of just like are watching it or whatever, it feels like a hang sesh. Like you're getting something out of it, no matter what. Yeah, then that doesn't put the pressure on us to like have all the answers. So we do have all the answers, though. Do that's, we? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so does good. everyone. Yeah. Okay, so good. does everyone, and we and we don't know anything that other people don't know, and they don't know anything we don't know. It's kind of a beautiful thing. But then when we say something you already know, you like recognize, and you're like, oh, I know that, and that feels good. Yeah. Because then you get affirmed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <sighs> Feeling pretty grateful today. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're very grateful. I'm, I'm just grateful to be alive. Like a lot of fucking, this world is crazy right now. This world is going up in flames. Remember that Charles Bradley song? Yeah. There's so, there's just, it's a. I saw this little drawing of this person like at a lemon at a lemonade machine, like just lemons being pelted at them and them just like can't even keep up with like, you know, the yeah. whole trope of turn lemons into lemonade. And that's kind of how it can feel right now, especially with what's going on. But I kind of uh, am feeling grateful for like all the wake up calls, you know, mm-hmm. like the looking at the unpretty things. Look, I mean, I think as all across the East Coast and across the world right now, we're getting bombarded with the realities of climate change. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you could be like, oh, that's, let's not talk about that. But I'm like, why? Are you kidding me? It's happening. It's going to be the defining factor of everything you know, for the rest of our lives. Because like, look what we're dealing with now. A hurricane just went through New Orleans and by land made its way to fucking New York City and picked up steam and added tornadoes to the mix. But usually for, for, uh, you know, a storm like that to make it up here, it would have to go by water, you know what I mean? Like to go, to sweep across this whole fucking country like that and thank God we weren't in fucking New York City that night. But it's not like we were in much better shape. We were in Philadelphia. We had our own adventure. God damn. Yeah, you. Y'all want to hear a story? Y'all ready for a quick story? (laughs) Quick story. Uh, Cass and I are making a film down in in Philadelphia. And it's very exciting. It's a very exciting project. And if you want to know more about it, you're going to have to go to patreon.com slash church of chill. We did a whole podcast about it. Um, But we can't really quite reveal it here yet. It's not time yet. But... So we've been doing a lot of commuting down to Philadelphia and um, we were down there and we had a great shoot day and uh, it was raining, but it didn't seem. Well, it's kind of funny. We're on this shoot and like, as we're all in the room and we're filming, it's like all of our phones are like. Literally. Yeah. Like everyone in the room there, there, these phone alarms went off at the same time and none of us had ever gotten one of those before. And it literally was like 
tornado warning, get in the basement. And then five minutes later, it was like flash flood warning, stay out of the basement. So <laughs> stay like, off the roads. Stay off the roads. Stay just fucking stay somewhere. Just stay put. <laughs> I think I'm going to take these warnings more seriously because usually we're just in our apartment when we get a warning thing. Yeah. But we kind of were just like, well, we have to get to our hotel. And so we... We, we sh- left the location. It was raining. It didn't seem like anything that it didn't, crazy. it didn't seem that crazy. There were like moments of it like pelting, but then it was just like, okay, yeah. it's raining. So so we leave location and it says like our GPS says a 20 minute drive to the hotel. We're like, all right, cool. I'm going to be in bed by 8:30 tonight. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was so psyched. I was like, man, we're going to order a movie on pay-per-view. We're going to fucking smoke weed and do a lot of other stuff that we do, you know what I mean? We're going to have a night. It's going to be things that dope. lovers do. The thing that lovers often do you know what i mean and so i was psyched and uh you know it's just been a bit of a slog of a day we drove down to philly we shot all day and it was just like it was time to rest and we leave and uh, probably five minutes from location we were like holy fuck well we're like we try to go it's like we're following the gps and it's takes us down a road and it's like road closed there's like literal, like just blockades in the road. Yeah, like I've never even seen these things before. I, Apparently, like there's a thing that can go down and just kind of like with train tracks. Yeah, like they the railroad thing. Yeah, just like this Maybe area is closed. This so has been an issue before for them. Yeah, so it's like, oh, we're supposed to make this right. Oh, we can't because there's a flood down there and this thing's closed. Adds another 15 minutes to the trip. We go, we, we try to follow that direction. Can't make this right or left. That adds another 15 minutes well, to the trip. And then it gets to the point where it's not even just all road closures. It's like, we're seeing abandoned cars, like flooded cars. Cars are floating fucking in people's front lawn. There's goddamn, uh, uh, people are abandoning their cars. And mind you, we're, we don't know where we are. <laughs> we don't even know where we are. We're just looking at a GPS. We're far off the path that we were supposed to take to get back to the place. Oh, at some point, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to be my own GPS because it's trying to reroute us back the direction we already know is fucked. You yeah. Know? We, well, everywhere was fucked. Yeah. You know, and, and like, so it's, it's pitch black uh, I think that the power was out because like there's not even street lights in some of these places. We're driving down the road like and it's pouring and we could barely like you well, know like, when your windshield wipers are doing nothing and you're like this is either six inches or four feet and you're yeah, like you don't know it's not yeah and at one point oh my god we come up to this intersection and it's like you're like Sean we have to go up there and I'm like all right and I'm about to turn in there and I'm like I don't know there's I can't a, tell if that's a pond or a puddle or what the fuck is going there's on there's a guy waiting around in it because his car's like abandoned his, his car's off somewhere and like we're just seeing people have to make like fucking horrible decisions about their night like where are you even going to go when you leave your car right. like that that's even crazier but apparently the mo- most people die in flash floods in their car well, because it only takes what twelve inches of water. I for heard your less. Car six f- inches for your, car, for to your car to start floating, and then it'll take you wherever, and you're fucked. Right. So, um, we're sitting at this fucking one intersection, and like, there's a line of cars in one direction. There's a line building up behind us, and I'm like, are we about to make this right? And and just like basically drive into like what could be a lake. We don't even know how deep it is. And uh, all of a sudden, an ambulance comes screaming by from behind, splashing water everywhere, and drives into this thing. And it's just like the whole front of the ambulance is engulfed, and it's it's tugging a boat behind it. Yeah. I'm like, fucking thank God. The ambulance barely made it through this thing, if it even did. And we were like, all right, we can't go that way. We go. Abort. Abort. Abort that. Okay, cool. We'll go in the wrong direction again. We go, we go in the wrong direction for fucking th- two seconds yeah, and we so, hit another one of those it's so things. adorable you're like are we shaving off time at all i'm like no we just added 27 minutes and i'm just like <laughs> you know and, and it's funny because um thinking about this it sounds like there'd be 
tension building up in our car, but it was almost the opposite. Oh, it was so comical Weird to me. Weird grace kind of came over both of us. Well, our car is technically already totaled. Yeah, it's fucked. So, so our car's so fucked that we don't even have like collision insurance. Like we're protected if we hit someone or whatever, but if our car gets hit, we don't because get it, money. Yeah, the insurance company's not covering any more expenses. Any more. It's <laughs> kind of the perfect situation to just be like, all right. Last night with our car. It's we're gonna just, float away. We're just like, We love you. Thank we're, we're you. We were sitting there petting the car driving through and like finally we just like we drive through this one thing. I'm like, I can't I can't lead this way. I need to see someone else go through there and someone goes through it and I'm like, All right, I'm gonna follow them. I'm following we barely made it through there. The whole car was engulfed with with it just, just we we're just driving through. I think cars should water. be redesigned. You know how there's those Jeeps that have uh yeah. you know, the pipe? I think that that's like the future. Uh, yeah. For <laughs> every car. Every car is going to have to do that. Yeah. So we finally burst through there and we're just driving aimlessly through neighborhoods. And I had an aim a little bit. I was like, okay, I think there's a zigzag path that we could get. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, what's to say that every road we try to turn down isn't closed? Yeah. And it was. Yeah. And it was. And you somehow, and mind you, while all this is happening, uh, we have no gas. Oh, that was the best part. We have no gas. And I'm like, I'm looking, I, I clicked the little thing and it says we have five miles left. And that was five miles left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So somehow you figured out, you're like, I think we can get on a highway. I'm like, oh man, if we can get to that highway, we're, we're fucking, we're going to figure something out. And we were just like praying it's elevated. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, please let this highway be elevated. We get on it. We're like, it's elevated. We get up to the, to the top <laughs> and we're like, awesome. We're just cruising for one minute one, I was about to say one, one minute. minute and then we just hit a wall of traffic and we're like all right cool we got to turn the car off at this point oh yeah i was that uh to save gas i, I pressured you on that oh point. yeah yeah i was oh, like yeah. all right it's time to turn the car off yeah like we're sitting there for 10 minutes not moving at all and we're like <laughs> okay cool let's turn this off and we sit there no gas an hour goes by <laughs> two hours goes by Three hours. That was the worst by. track of I've traffic. I've, I've, I've never been sat in that. traffic like that, and I've been in a lot of traffic. Yeah. Um, four hours goes by. Four hours goes by, and we're finally like, we watched a whole podcast, and we'll we'll get to that. But um, we're we're like sitting there like somebody's. Get, is anyone going to do anything? So we're like, I guess do should we step up or something? Well, we start seeing some guys. A couple couple, couple guys. guys. They weren't official, but they were like, look, yeah. all the cars at the front of this line are turned around because we're going to have to go back because not only is the road flooded, but there's a down power line. Like that road is going to be, this road's not opening up till 10 AM tomorrow at the, at the least. And we, it's 1230. We drove by that road the next day and it was like in the midday and it was still closed. So anyway, it just started to become the reality that we need to turn around. And I'm like, who told you that? Like, did someone official tell you that? And he's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, and so we're just like, no one's doing anything. Bumper to bumper cars packed. Uh, four lanes bumper to bumper like no room to start turning people around and we're like this is gonna be a serious project yeah and so me you and like two other guys start down and there's like we just like abandon our car and then just start walking miles of traffic behind <laughs> us miles but there's yeah. an exit not too far and we're like yeah. all right we can we can start directing people towards that exit so we just start walking back and turning cars around yeah and like we did one it. by one <laughs> hundreds of cars i know me and you like come on we got it. everyone's turning around let's go we because well, we couldn't turn around until everyone else did i just did. realized like i'm like yo 
we're a producer and a director. Like we're as qualified as anyone because there's no one else more qualified right now, or Everyone anyone else questions their ability to step or willing. up. Willing, yeah, it was just like, all right, we can get shit done. Like that's our job. Let's get shit done. Let's move some cars. It was a fucking mighty task. So we start just turning these cars around, and, and they're going. And they, it was flowing. They make it to the exit. I mean, we kind of all were looking at each other like everything's closed so who knows what's going to happen where those guys are we going we won't be stuck on this highway like you know what i mean at that point i would be like i'd rather just leave my car in some neighborhood and fucking figure it out then leaving your car on the highway is like it's it's really not it an was option. really a no-win situation because like turning yeah. people the wrong direction on the highway was like very questionable but th- i could see that like the way it was so standstill that where they were going on the exit it was like they were able to get out yeah but uh yeah. Then so like, the second we start turning around hundreds of cars and it started flowing, we're like, awesome. We're like running back to our car to turn around. It clears up. I know. And I'm like, oh, I feel bad about those hundreds <laughs> of people we turned around. But uh, all right, cool. We get in our car. We're literally we could see our hotel. It's two minutes away. And we're oh, it's like, on the other side of the highway. Yeah, we can we can see it. We're like, awesome, man. We're going to make it. We're, we're going to make, make it. it. We don't have any gas. We're going to make it. And we get off the exit for the hotel and everything's closed. And I mean, at that point, there's no going back to New York. There's no going anywhere. So it was just like, just fucking total submission into Yeah, that's where I acceptance. don't feel that bad is because we, that highway was not open. Like it was just like, we were able to veer off and go. And then we had to just drive on a highway in a completely opposite direction and just like stop at the first hotel we saw and just like book it a new hotel. Thank God they had like one room. It literally, you know, we got it, and you know, we didn't even get back to our place and settle till two in the morning. We left location at eight p.m., like fucking Jesus Christ. It was kind of hilarious, and I mean, we just were as we're sitting in this line, we're looking at the videos coming out of New York and being like, "Well, thank God we're not parked in New York." Man, do I feel for people whose cars got flooded out. What the ours would have horrible, horrible thing to have to yeah. deal with. Yeah, and then there's like fucking. Everyone in like our friends who have basement apartments or basements in their houses like had to deal with some serious flooding. Yeah. Um, a bunch of people lost their lives in this flood. Lost it's like, everything. And lost everything. It's yeah. no joke. It's really, really, really heartbreaking and horrible what happened. And it doesn't discriminate. You know, it doesn't matter in that in those moments. It doesn't matter how much money you have, what your position in life is, who you think you are, any of that stuff. It's just like. This is the situation. And for me, like... Well, I'd argue because most people who have more money, cars are more protected and they could easily get a new car and, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. For sure. For sure. For sure. I mean, it's basically what I'm saying is what we know is that people with the least are going to be the most affected by climate change. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I was was proud of us for not freaking the fuck out because it was definitely one of those situations where uh, a lot of things, a lot of situations about that situation could have made us flip. We're like, let's make lemonade. We're like, we're together. We're going to watch this podcast. We're going to jump out in the road and pretend like we know what's going on and make people listen to us, which is kind of hilarious. Um, Well, uh, Mayor said it on the last on the last podcast and it's so true uh, especially when you really doubt it it's like there's no there's there's nowhere else to be you know there, there's you know we we are there are no detours is what mayor said on the last podcast because we mm-hmm. were talking about how we keep missing our exit and this and that and it ends up working out for the better so i don't know i just fully came to this accepting place of like 
there's nowhere else to be. This is it. This is this is the lesson. This is what. Well, this we're is here. where I'm like, we're supposed to be getting the fucking wake up call. Like yeah. New York and everybody is supposed to be feeling what everyone in the South has been feeling forever with these like incredible tropical storms. Yeah. But this shit's real and it fucks shit up. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, like you just realize the precarity of everything and oh, in, yeah. in, in situations like that, like there's no one in charge. There was no one to help us. There was no cop to turn to. Like it's, it's all such an illusion. This, this, you know, I kind of love it. It's kind of like when pandemic happened and I was like onto our, down to our last Ziploc and I'm like, I got to save this Ziploc. This might be the only plastic Ziploc I have for the rest of my life. And there's something about like that raw realness of a situation that, makes you feel kind of alive you know mm-hmm. and well it, you know why it makes you feel alive because you're you're grounded in that moment there is nowhere to escape to nothing else matters that what led you to that moment doesn't matter and the future doesn't matter it's just like this is the situation right now yeah and i don't know it's it's crazy how badly uh new orleans was hit again but it's not that crazy because they've completely destroyed the fossil fuel industry has completely destroyed the wetlands down there. There's like no protection. And I mean, the stuff is like not, Oh my God, what's crazy. It's happening. How could this possibly happen? It's like, we we know know why it's happening. We know how it's happening and we all are responsible for it happening. And we've overconsumed and, uh, (laughs) mother nature is like, fuck y'all get off, get off this fucking thing. Right. It's, it's her, uh, immune system shaking us off it's a night like that you could just feel how a whole city could get wiped off the map so easily Mm -hmm. in multiple cities like you know this whole thing that we've built is so fucking precarious it's so precarious and you know we got to rely on our inner strength at that in those moments and i don't know luckily we kept our shit together i was very grateful to be stuck with you not um you know i'm i was grateful we don't have kids I was grateful we well, didn't every have time. responsibility beyond just taking care of ourselves that night. Because um, there was kids stuck in there. There was, you know, old people stuck in there. There's disabled people stuck in there. There's people with IBS stuck in that. <laughs> I got a shit. <laughs> Get me off. Yeah. Oh, well, and also, I'm grateful that we always keep a jar in the car. Oh, yeah. I mean, people that don't do that are crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. You know, when you got to oh, pee, you got to pee. You got to pee. Yeah. Um, Man. Yeah, what a fucking weird, weird night. Um, yeah, a beautiful reminder. Beautiful. I don't want to let it pass. Like, that's the thing is, like, I want to be in the moment, but also, like, keep these wake-up calls and understand, like, hold the precarity close to my heart so that I do consume less and make... I want to just, like, especially we're in Virgo season, like, I just feel very present. Like, what are my... How do I mindfully consume? Mm. How do I not excessively consume? How do I participate in um, the reality I want to live in, which is one where we have to be a, more conscious of what we're doing and our, the impact we have. Mm. Um, but on a more fun note, the thing that we did watch in that podcast... Oh, yeah. That was fun. Is so we're watching like we like your mom's house with Tom and Christina, and um, we're wa- they had a uh, what who is that Shaggy Two Dope? Yeah, they uh, had Shaggy Two Dope from uh, Insane Clown Posse on their on their podcast. And I was like, oh, this is a perfect. Well, let's start this two and a half hour podcast, and you know, we'll watch the rest of it back at the hotel. We ended up watching the whole thing in the car, but halfway through the episode they fucking played a clip from American Juggalo and shouted us out. And like, it was, it was surreal. It, it was, was pretty it was funny. fucking surreal. It was pretty funny. Yeah. 
Because because I could feel it when they were like, oh, we've been there's this uh, scene from this movie from like nine years ago that really impacted us. It's when Eddie's like, I want to find a, a skinny ass bitch and we'll get back to each together and, <laughs> and we'll lose weight and we'll, we'll lose bond. weight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was just one of those things. It's just like, oh man, that's crazy. We made this thing ten years ago and it's still like somewhat relevant culturally and it's well, just, it affected it was cool. like making that movie and all those moments affected us so to our core of like what life's about and like how hilarious life is mm-hmm. and to see it affect people that like a couple that we also respect and think are like like to have a funny time and that it was impactful on them. It's like it's cool because you just feel the connection of like, oh yeah. Eddie changed our life too, yeah. you know, yeah, and he we helped bring that uh, the sage wisdom of the jugglos to a more mainstream audience. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Someone wrote me a note this morning, just saying like, uh, you you go towards like the least beautiful stuff, and you still manage to you know change my my opinion about about these people, and it's like that's the biggest compliment we could possibly get because that's why we that's why we do what we do yeah. to try to spread compassion in that way. Yeah. Like, you think you're better than the Juggalos? You think you're not a Juggalo? Here's this movie. (laughs) Well, yeah, we're always like, what is there to learn? And you and I like to learn stuff from people and from relationships, you know? Yeah. Um, And different perspectives. And we're so connected, so other people's perspective. And that's why it's important to, like, be aware and conscious of what everyone's going through when it comes to this pandemic, when it comes to what's going on in Texas, when it comes to the climate change and the storm and everything. You know, there's a there's this gift U.S. Of, imperialism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yo, people, uh, people have it really tough right now, really tough, and a lot of people are spinning out, including us. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's 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 a really it's it's a tough thing to navigate right now. Uh, the way we've set things up, you know, scarcity model competition with each other that kind of thing it's it's really intense i mean and look at the direction texas is going uh tell on your neighbor and so you can get ten thousand dollars if you think that they may have assisted someone in getting an abortion yeah uh it is a very very scary state of affairs that's going to affect a lot of people and it's going to affect those with the least amount of resources because the Ted Cruz's go and fucking fly their daughters wherever they need to be to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. And we're in this world where we're sexual creatures and people explore their sexuality and people go through relationships and to force a woman to have a baby um, and carry a baby to term is um, I don't, I don't, if you, I don't think people understand how uh, cruel and controlling and, yeah. the position that a lot of women are in and especially having maybe a cheating asshole or someone who's fucking a jerk and now you have to be tied to them for the rest of your life because they fucking came inside of you maybe you didn't want them to come inside you maybe you were wearing a maybe they were wearing a condom and um it's just it's uh we're controlling women's bodies and it's mainly white men that are interested in doing it and it's a scary state of affairs and I'm really upset about it and I wish I knew exactly what to do. Um, but I really feel for especially the women in Texas and any woman who doesn't have access to safe, um, services, you know, Yeah. because why, why, why do our, is our instinct to control and 
punish people and criminalize behavior rather than be like, okay, let's have more access to safe inform uh, information, and more access to uh, proper healthcare, more access to um, birth control options, you know? Why don't we support people and instead we just um, want to say, like, we're better than you and you have to have this baby because, God forbid... That baby. It's like, what about the woman's life? No one cares. I'm sorry. I'm going no, on a ramp. No, I'm I think really it's a, I, I think it's an important thing to hear for people. Yeah, I don't. I don't think people. I think people like it's so black and white for a lot of people that they're like, abortion, killing baby, bad. You know, rather than looking at the nuanced situation of why a woman would be in a position where she doesn't is maybe 20 years old, is in college, can't support a child. You know, and we don't live in a society that helps people support these children we're forcing them to have. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And we're That's not the cruel punchline of this whole fucking thing. It's like we're forcing you to have a child that you don't want to have and we will not provide any support in any way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a common thing, like that women get pregnant and decide that they don't want to have a baby and it's very common for them to not know because if it's only if it's six weeks that's what your period's two weeks late yeah and most people don't know it's six weeks of course we not. wouldn't no because you're like oh my period's been weird this month whatever mm -hmm. um in terms of the snitching factor um man that's as, as american as it gets isn't it it's very dangerous where this is headed well, I mean, we've been doing this since... Like, I mean, that's a dangerous thing. It's already horrible, and hopefully the system's getting flooded and whatever needs to happen to make sure that that's as ridiculous. But for to say, I'm going to tell on you and I'm going to get $10,000 for ruining your life. Well, I mean, Cheers. we're we're at a place where um, the institutions of this country uh, are not trusted whatsoever. Yeah. So we, the institutions need to weaponize us against each other. They need to do that. And we, we've done this when, when slavery ended. It, this country did the same thing. We did the same thing with the Red Scare in this country where we incentivize people to do the work of the police. Mm -hmm. And they'll do it. They'll do it. And turn each other against each other and well, act like they're white knights. And it's yeah. so sick. And then we got in Texas also this open carry law where you don't need to have training or a permit to carry a gun around with you. Mm -hmm. Like literally a killing device. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't want to live there, and I am fucking, I really feel for people who do, who aren't aligned with the values that this is doing. Well, people think it doesn't affect them. You know, I think a lot of people can just be like, oh, man, that's a bummer for, uh, you know, some poor woman, it, but it doesn't affect me, so whatever, moving on. It, it does. It affects everyone. It, it, these things affect everyone. These are our values as a country, and, you know, the the disgusting fucking um, shit lib mindset of like I've heard a lot of people say some really Islamic Islamophobic things when it comes to the Texas thing like oh look the Texas Taliban is it no this is this is American this is Christian values yeah this is not this has nothing to do with Muslims is you know the Islamic faith this is Christian values this is us doing this to our own citizens this is not anyone doing this to us we're doing this to ourselves I think it's just like making the comparison though like you think that the Taliban's bad like look at what we're doing look yeah. at how we're oppressing women look at how we're criminalizing things that, things that have happened for thousands of years we women have decided survival. that they don't are not going to have a child and don't want to have a child and what they're going to do is do things that are extremely dangerous um and have back 
uh, like uh, underground abortions, which are so dangerous. And um, yeah, I, I feel like I've been able to be a woman who enjoys my sexuality and enjoys connecting with my partner in a loving way because I know that that's an option. Mm. And I think that we just also want to criminalize sexual behavior. Yeah. Um, and make people scared and put people in very bad decisions. And when I started to realize and people started to point out to me that these cultures where they want people to have a baby no matter what and then not support the babies are cultures that then abuse children and yeah this is where it starts to all make sense right this is where i'm like oh that's like that's a conspiracy theory that makes sense to me is that the forced uh caring to term of a child is also very interconnected with people who want to then abuse those children well i mean look, look who's led the charge on a lot of this the catholics and the, tr the christians fucking it, pedophiles has there ever been a bigger pedophile ring than the catholic church no exactly and why do they want people to carry these babies to term so they have fresh fucking baby meat. And, and not only that, those are going to be the people in the lowest positions. They're going to be the people in in the society that have no other options. Who they have to work three jobs to then support their kid and don't have any time to like be home with them mm -hmm. or, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, I think that, that the beautiful thing about what's going on now and, and the, the loudness of uh, just the fucking meat grinder that America is, like how fucking... How, how loud and in your face and on the surface it is, is making people wake up and realize, like, what the fuck is my life? Mm. What am I doing? You know, why have I sold myself into slavery? What, why, am I, why am I training my kid to go right into, into this fucking meat grinder? It's a, death, it's a death cult. American life is a death cult. It's a trauma factory. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any compassionate incentive with the pro-life movement. No. Like there's nothing compassionate or loving about it. It's very shame based and aggressive based. And I think it's cloaked in this idea of love for the babies, but it's bullshit because love for a baby doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not that like love for a baby comes with supportive services with universal house housing, universal health care, no, it's universal like education. That's how you love kids. That's how you make sure that no child is left behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think about the idea of mandatory, um, vasectomies mandatory vasectomies yeah well look if we were talking about that that it would just never be a possibility <laughs> it would just never be but a doesn't that make more sense like all men should have mandatory vasectomies until they can prove that they can financially support a child and then they can have it reversed I, yeah fuck it <laughs> you know i think more men should get vasectomies uh in general yeah. I, I think if, if you've decided that you don't want to have kids you should get a vasectomy it's probably the greatest thing you can do uh, for this, for the environment. If you fancy yourself an environmentalist and you know, you don't want to have kids, get a fucking vasectomy, man. Don't make that anyone else's problem. Take care of it yourself. You know, when's your appointment scheduled for? I don't know. Somehow I've fucking never gotten anyone pregnant in 40 years. <laughs> well, let's say 23 years. Yeah. Like 23 years of sex with no pregnancies. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, every every month when you get your period, I'm like, fucking awesome. Like, it's a celebration. It's like, yo, we're not having a kid. Now with Mary, we have two celebrations. We're like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking gnarly, man. It's it's gnarly. And um, 
I, I just fucking see so many people just lost in the sauce right now. And I find ourselves uh, having to hold a lot of space uh, for people and each other. And um, it's fucking crazy. We need an in-breath so bad, you know? This is just humanity needs an in-breath, like a decades-long, like, fuck work type of in-breath. Like, fuck these corporations, fuck this current hierarchy, fuck all this shit. There's a whole different way we can live, and we're all we're all getting a little taste of it with the with the uh, quarantine and the pandemic. There's a better way to yeah. do things. That's where I really respect like communities like Burning Man. Like it's inaccessible for us because it'd be way too expensive for us to get out there. But there do seem to be on to something with like a barter economy mm-hmm. and um, like where work is valued, but it's for the cause of not trying to sell Coca-Cola, but, yeah. you know, help support your neighbors by, you know, making sure you knit something that's useful to them or mm-hmm. provide clean access to water or whatever it is, like things that the community actually needs. What the community doesn't need is like more Coca-Cola. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, and I think that's this thing where it's like, oh, it's so upsetting how important that government and our vote has been voting for the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that is like, I don't know how to rectify that in my mind where I know that like electoral politics like are not maybe the way change is going to happen. But, not maybe. But well, it is I, the I way will... we, but it is where we get fucked because yeah. it is where we got fucked because Trump put what, three justices in there mm-hmm. already? Yeah. And we just got, the Texas women got fucked and Texas men. Mm-hmm. Like this, how do I don't even understand why men aren't more pro-choice, like and actively and openly and like. I think there is a lot of men that are, you know, but yeah, obviously it's not as immediate if, to their body, so it's not as like. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. not their like number one cause or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, if if you're an abolitionist like us, who are the top cops of this country? The Supreme Court. You know, it goes all the way. You, you have to dissolve these systems where uh, we're, we're, we're allowing and consenting to this stuff. Yeah. That's why it's like, Oh, it is like one issue voting. Sometimes you can't help it. And that, and I understand Fuck voting. I know. Fuck voting. Uh. Fight this thing tooth and nail as much as you can. You know, how did we not surround the Supreme court building capital riot style the day that, 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 uh, that was announced you know because um you got the (laughs) the cops are on their side who have an immense force yeah and uh you're liable to get your head shot yeah yeah i mean that's what the cops do that's what the supreme court does that's what every prosecutor in this country does they enforce the status quo and what's the status quo capitalism exploitation scarcity well that's where they want to exploit people and have uh poor people having poor people so that they can get drafted and or not drafted but you Mm, know it it, it is a version of drafting it's like oh this is your only option to get free education and uh, have a guaranteed job yeah um can you imagine that that joe biden won't forgive student debt through this time he's fucking generations of people and that's who he is that's that's who he is he's not a good man he, he's not who you think he is he's not who corporate media would have you believe he is 
he could easily, with one stroke of the pen, cancel the student loan debt of this country, and he won't do it. You know why? Because they need people to be poor so they can draft them into the military, so they can draft them into shit jobs, so they can keep into, people... Into prison. Well, yeah. It's like a funnel to the war machine into prisons. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's have people who don't have a lot of access to money or resources have be forced to have children and raise children that then don't have a lot of resources or access to. (laughs) And where do they go? Oh, they resort to crime or joining the military or whatever it is. It's not even resorting to crime. It's it's resorting to what they have to do to survive. And we've criminalized that. And we don't question the laws or who made them or why they were made. We just play along with this thing. And I'm saying... For me, and uh, this has been a long time coming, enough's enough. Enough's enough. Well, look at, I mean, if, if what us pulling out of Afghanistan isn't putting hu- into huge perspective how much money we dumped into a failed war that is not only a failed war, but then provides other countries with these weapons of uh, destruction, maybe not mass destruction, but destruction, mm-hmm. and... We uh, spent how many years and how much money on that war? And what is, it goes to Halliburton and... Like, Raytheon and, you know, Boeing. Like, you know, all the defense contractors. Just America's priorities are so fucked, man, because we could go into education. We could be forgiving student loan. We could be but doing local... End, putting money towards local food programs. That would um, end the wars, Diversifying... Though. That would end the wars, and um, you're talking about an anti-imperialist stance, and there is no anti-war movement in this country. There's none to be seen. So how does wars, how do how does the endless war end without uh, mass consensus and an anti-war movement? How w- we are not going to force them to stop these wars and stop invading other countries unless we do something about it well right now everyone feels so divided like i really feel like i can't even get through to people like i can't even get through to like the pro-lifers who i think pro-life is a bullshit term but i can't get through to anti-vaxxers or anyone who like and i understand the resistance and why resistance is important and questioning things is important but we're in a ridiculous state of affairs where i don't know if i see one more fucking thread of anti-mask memes followed by an obituary i'm like oh my god god damn it yeah the amount of misinformation that is flooding our resources and making people oh god the joe rogan thing makes me so mad too go for it this guy's a fucking fool he's like oh my fucking immune system's enough to beat this as soon as he gets it he does probably hundreds of thousand dollars worth of treatments yeah yeah the guy who has a sauna is fucking a house and every access to every vitamin as soon as he gets covid he's pumping his system with experimental treatments or expensive things or an iv drip of nutrients and all that stuff like stuff that people don't have access to yeah and he does and he's like see guys like you know covid who cares you know it's like oh so you so Everyone else gets the vaccine to train themselves, train their body how to fight a virus, and you just get the virus and then pump yourself with fucking dewormer and fucking ridiculous <laughs> shit. Like, I don't get the thinking. Well, like, there's not much thinking, you know. 
everything that comes out of that guy's mouth is is through the prism of I'm a real man. No, I'm I, a real man. Everything that comes out of that guy's mouth is is uh, compensating for something that happened when he was a kid where he didn't feel like a real man. Yeah. And he needs to be the alpha dog of all alpha dogs, and he's strong, and he hunts. He get the fuck out of it. This guy I is s- such a phony on so many levels, and he's misled so many people. It's I, ridiculous. I saw a little like onion thing that's like Joe Rogan's really starting to make sense to people who only listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, you got to question motherfuckers like that. You know, uh, like come on. Yeah, I mean, it's a confusing time. I definitely hate pharmaceutical companies, and I think they've abused but, people. But what's so everything. hard about saying that? That's what I'm saying. What's so hard about being like, yeah, it's it's really confusing. I don't know. It's hard for me to have like a a stance based on anything, especially if it's, if it's coming through the filter of some ideology that I'm not even, I'm not even aware that I'm subscribed to. Yeah. Cause I, I think that's what, that's what, uh, that's why they got us in the perfect fucking position. They have us so divided on so many ever increasingly nuanced lines that we couldn't start a mass movement of any no, kind. There's, no, there's way. no way, you know, 80% of Americans agree that we needed to get the fuck out of Afghanistan. 80%. And it's still this controversial thing, you know? It's just it's, it's insane. It's just really, really horrible, the state of affairs and where we put energy and resources. And I don't know. It's, that's why I really look up to the guys who, like, plant a tree every day. Yeah. You know? There is a way to retake land and bring nutrients back to a land and it's with life not death it's with seeds not guns mm. you know it's 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 just a shift in perspective and maybe we could just share that it's like okay new ideas love seeds not death destruction fear you mm. know it, it does feel like there could be a dichotomy and that's where i think we're kind of dancing with like the anti-vax movement of like they think we're all fear and I think they're all fear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to generalize cause I don't really feel like attached to my stance or anything. I yeah. got vaccinated. I was like, this makes sense to me. This is common sense. I'm sorry to me. It's common sense, but I understand where there's a lot of fear. But when someone says I'm the one who's scared and then I look at the anti-mask movement, I'm <laughs> like, y'all guys seem like a lot more scared than I am. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, we'll do this little thing. Because it helps other people. Like, I want to participate in us getting through this. I don't want to be the one swimming upstream on this. It's what a ridiculous... Because that's the thing. Like, you know, a lot of fucking... A lot of white men so badly want to find their their real estate of victimhood. And this just came along. And it was just like the perfect thing for a lot of people. Like, oh, here's where I'm going to take my stance. Here, here's how I'm in, in lieu of being a real revolutionary. I'm going to be this little fucking contrarian bitch, you know, and, and that's Joe Rogan to a T. Yeah, to a T. I'm just going to be a contrarian little bitch who questions things and who, you know, not saying you shouldn't question things, but to just purposely be a contrarian to try to prove how much of a real man you are. Like, it's not based on information. It's not based on expertise. It's not based on any of that shit. You yeah. Know? I understand the instinct of, like, not wanting to give the keys away, you know, and not wanting to, like, allow this this thing to get away from us. Because once it's like, oh, well, you know, it's state regulated that you have to take this shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very s- concerning place to be in relationship to our government, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But 
the kind of the the humor of it is if we just like all got on the same page and we're like okay yeah we need to protect our health and we trust the scientists who created this vaccine and we just need to do this like we probably wouldn't be in a mandatory state of affairs yeah i know i keep saying that but it just it yeah. kind of is true i mean the the thing like about not taking it and just being like no nah, i'm just gonna stay healthy and strong like we've just seen that disproved so many times we've seen perfectly healthy people including our friends like get this really bad and um m many people many people have died and i think it's and this might sound controversial but i don't think it's it's uh that crazy is this is a man-made virus this is not something our bodies could ever have come across before this is not something we're prepared for in any way so like you're saying you take this this shot and it and it helps prepare your it trains your immune system a little bit more to deal with this if you come in contact with it correct yeah and so it's one of those things where i personally can't handle the idea that i would have uh taken place in spreading this to someone who could die from it no no you know that. i just can't deal with that energy yeah i just made a decision very early on and and everyone's like well their health is everyone's health is so important and i'm like yeah of course we should be talking about health but the vast majority of americans don't have access to affordable healthy food and yeah. most americans aren't healthy we have a huge obesity problem in this country and like we should protect each other because yeah. the pe it's like one of the number one factors for who this hits the worst and you could be like, oh, well, fuck them. They should worry about their health. It's like, no, fuck the system, man. Like, yeah. fuck the system. We do not want to create orphans all across this country because people decided they wanted to eat America's number one favorite chain restaurant food. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the cheapest food mm. available. Yeah. Got to look out for motherfuckers. And we need to change a bigger system. <clears throat> but this is the situation we're in. Well, if, if more people could get into that mindset of like when, when that thing comes up in your head and it happens to us every day. It happens to everyone every day where where you're wanting to judge somebody and put them in a little box and compartmentalize them so you can wrap your head around it and you're you know you just you, you can understand it a little bit if we resisted the urge to judge each other and instead say fuck the system like you just said i feel like this place could change overnight i've said it before and i'll say it again this place could change overnight if we got into that mindset of like oh shit that wasn't a failed war in Afghanistan. That was actually the plan, you know? This, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it, uh, us not having student, student debt forgiveness or universal health care or access to free education is the plan. Yeah, that's a really important point. You got you to yeah. realize that, that, that this, none of this is failures. Yeah, this is right. exactly what the system is designed to do. Totally. It's a system based on creating winners and losers, ever increasingly small amount of winners and more losers. That's why we have the biggest prison population the world has ever known. That's why we have the wealth disparity that we see. That's why our education sucks. Our health care sucks is because it's all happening. This is the system doing exactly what it was designed to do. The haves and the have-nots. And you don't want to get caught on the wrong side of that line. So mm -hmm. in America, what a lot of people do, and I think this is what you could qualify as class trading, is it, you, know, you become a class trader by being like, well, I'll dig myself out of this and fuck all them. Right. You know, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to protect myself. And really, that's what it comes down to, is that, that mindset, that individualistic mindset it's got us so stagnating in systems that are keeping us all down. Whether you feel that or not, you will. You will. Okay? <laughs>
So, uh, you know, it is, it is just that little flip of a, of a switch of consciousness from looking around at other humans like they're the problem and uh, stop looking around at other humans as if they're the problem and look at the systems that produced those problems. Yeah. And that it's actually doing exactly what it's meant to do. And when you realize that, you question everything to its core. You really do in a healthy way, not in a conspiratorial, I'm getting pulled in every direction by, uh, by a bunch of fucking nonsense, but like a clean, crisp perspective on things. Yeah. And that's, you know? that's where like, uh, kind of just coming into this awareness that just power is such a corrupting force and that power just needs to be checked. It's like, it gives me a lot of compassion for the people who are in power, who, who make the trades and make the bad decisions and throw us under the bus because they're like, they're sick on power and they think they know what's right. And they think they can like, if I trade this for that, it's, or if I get money from my family through this lobbyist, like I'm looking out for mine. And like, you know, there's so many ways that we internally justify our behavior to say that we're doing the right thing, but it does seem like the most corrupting power, uh, Uh, thing is power Mm -hmm. and so it's like if you can kind of like when i realize that like i have compassion for every motherfucker however far they're fucking fucking me because i'm like i think they think they're doing what's best for them and that's such an american value and that's something that i share because i try to do what's best for me too you know yeah yeah and and we're not collectively minded and and if someone is oh we will destroy them we destroy those motherfuckers you know, if you're more collectively minded, if you're fighting the good fight on behalf of the people, we will destroy you. And it's and it's a, a fucked up state of affairs because, uh, you know, it just shows it's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen through electing Bernie Sanders or or getting like uh, like somebody I really respect the other day tweeted out like if only AOC was in charge of everything like uh, you, you <laughs> you're so fucking lost if that's if that's what you think the solution is, is, Mm -hmm. is handing over absolute power to some confused fucking 32 year old woman. Like, are you kidding me? Who's, who sold us out? Who sold us out? She writes great tweets, but she has sold us out left and right. Like, get real. This isn't about, uh, oh no, we just need more Democrats. And are you fucking kidding me? Oh, the democratic party is a total embarrassment. They're worse than the Republicans. They're worse than the, they pretend like they, they care about you and then they fucking don't do shit. Exactly. They don't do shit and they don't plan on doing shit. And, you know, the Biden administration is doing exactly what we knew it was going to do, which is nothing. Nothing. They are doing nothing. And unemployment's about to run out tomorrow. That's that. And you know what Joe Biden says? We have to let all these welfare programs expire. They want to force our hand to go back to work instead of paying us to go back to work instead of everyone getting a fucking $25,000 bonus for having sat out for the past however long this has been. Nope, we're going to we're going to scare you into going back to work. We're going to fucking we're going to make everything we're going to fucking tighten the screws on you and that's going to force you back. And I don't think it's going to work. I think you're still seeing mass resignations. I think you see people taking their lives back, trying to live different ways, fucking parting from their typical American values and trying to live a new way. That's it's it's what we're trying to do. It's why we need community. You know, I feel protected just from the amount of friends we have. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Simple shit. Feeling connected to other human beings in a real way, in a deep way. 
Well, uh, and also feeling like uh, our power comes from like our inspiration, our creativity and ideas that could maybe lead to a more sustainable future for us and in particular, whatever it is, you know, that it's not that it's that it is within you, that there is like in a piece within you and that also if you're not like you want to be able to support yourself and have a roof over your head, but aspiring for a lot of land and of course i aspire for a lot of land because i want all my friends to be able to camp there mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna lie of course i aspire to that but you know it's also um we want a lot of land so we can house the homeless but that's illegal you know if we got 75 acres and put up a bunch of tiny homes and started bringing homeless people in there yeah that is the not the town allowed. would shut that fucker down that almost allowed. every town you can imagine has laws against that you know? Yeah, because not in my backyard. So where are those people supposed to go? Where are the, what are those people supposed to do? 600,000 people I, that live on the streets. Well, for our system, ideally to prison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, ideally, yeah. Where they can get, uh, what does your dad say? Three hots in a cot. Three hots in a cot. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um a fucking sad state of affairs and help is not on the way you know only you can provide that for yourself and your community and your friends and your family you know and you can do it by getting fucking straight with yourself and tapping into your own divinity and then realizing that applies to everyone yeah i mean it's it's so one of these things that we like look for purpose in our life and it's like literally screaming in our face you know Mm. of that people need help you know like all of us you know it's it's i mean everything's perfect and it's like you like ram does talks a lot about it about getting like your ego identified with being the helper or the helpy or whatever it is and how that in itself is a trap Mm. but i think that moving towards a more supportive sustainable culture and environment is worth everything yeah. And so some of us who may seem feel lost in what to do or what's important, it's like, oh, like life is screaming at us what kind of needs to happen and needs to change. And it's just about finding our own roles to like the Bodhisattva prayer, help relieve suffering, mm. you know? Yeah. Like where can you help relieve suffering? Where can you show up? Where can you be that light in the, in the storm? Mm. And how and what is your particular way of doing it? And it doesn't have to necessarily be the way other people do it. Mm. Mm. And and it can happen very closely. And it may be just a friend who's going through a hard time or, you know, and just not being scared of that and not being scared of the darkness. And if you have a little light about sharing that light and not being so protective of it and yeah, that sort of stuff. Well, being protective over that light is that's that's a really interesting point because, you know, we we obviously go through that and. Um, yeah, it's like a hoarding mentality. It's a capitalist mentality. It's a scarcity mentality. But the truth is when you help other people, it helps you. Yeah. It really does. Totally. It really does. Um, and you know, you, you, you learn that through like, you know, some of these programs like AA teach you that that's like kind of the ultimate uh, teaching of AA is, is once you get into the mindset of helping others is helping you, then it's really kind of the keys to the castle. So, um, yeah, and, and I feel, I feel, and we talk about this almost every day, that fucking urge to retreat, 
the urge to retreat into our own little love bubble, into our own little comforts, into uh, individualism, to re- to retreat from people who are suffering, to just kind of, you know, do do anything you can to just ignore, ignore, ignore. And um, we haven't given into those um, those instincts. I don't think. I think we, we genuinely do uh, try to show up for everyone that we can show up for. And uh, it's been freaky. We try to have a better balance because I definitely do retreat, but I try to like show up four days and then I retreat three. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you yeah. said, the in-breath. The in-breath or recharge. You know, if if the retreat is to recharge, sure. But if it's to, you know, like, oh, I, I, I'm addicted to comfort and I just need to feel comfortable. That's going to be less and less like a thing moving forward. You know what's funny? My treats are my retreats are always the most miserable days where I'm like, oh, I'm overexposed. We just had so much energy around so many people. And then I'm like, I just need to catch my breath. And then I I'm in the position where I'm catching my breath and I'm like, this is boring. It feels selfish. I hate myself. <laughs> I am just sitting here doing nothing. I needed this doing nothing time so much, but I hate it. Like, yeah. I'm just like, this sucks. Yeah. I'm just like in the back pouting. <laughs> and then I realize, like, I don't, I mean, I, you still do need it because you almost need that moment to remember how much you can appreciate the more collective energy, mm-hmm. you know, of having friends in the apartment and having things to do. Cause it's like you, you need, you need the reminders, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's moments like that where you really have a chance to count your blessings. Yeah. And <laughs> totally. uh, you know, when, when we're sitting in a fucking traffic jam that we don't know when we're going to get out of, we think instead we're abandoning of, the car. <laughs> yeah. We're about to abandon the car. We're sitting in there and believe it or not, we're counting our blessings as opposed to, you know, uh, oh, like, focusing on an every little negative thing and every little judgment and like you know just just entertaining judgments and and that kind of thing it's like when push came to shove and we're in a moment of like extreme like we don't know what to do we started counting our blessings that well that's when the grace enters the room it's like it's so funny because i feel like the the time some of the days that are like the worst where we're not counting our blessings is over like the littlest shit oh it's the most shallow shit that can get yep. you worked up. But then when it's like real moment, like, oh, I'm watching someone's car float away and my car could float away. All of a sudden you're like, oh, thank you, God. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's very similar growing up with my sister having seizures all the time. Yeah. You know, it's made my family have a level of grace in the face of the catastrophe that you wouldn't believe. But little things. Oh, yeah. And I'm the same way. It's hilarious. Little things. I can't find these lighters that I've had for for the past nine years. I got these beautiful like lighter cases from the Native Americans out in uh, Reno, Nevada, and I, I like I love them, and I always protected them, and other people have helped me protect them, and I can't find them, and it's driving me fucking insane. And it's a little thing, but you know. Caitlin having a seizure or our friend, you know, on the verge of having to be put in a mental hospital or jail or uh, yeah, you all of a sudden find show up and have grace. But and like not even questioned. It's not like, oh, I need to have grace now. It's just it's there. Right. It's there. And it's like, fuck, man, where how come I can't apply those to like the little things that drive me insane? It's so funny because I feel like I'm the opposite because like when stuff gets really serious, like I get really overwhelmed. Yeah. And, and you and Mary are the opposite. You guys get upset about, like, your food not coming on time or something, you know, or getting yeah. an, an order getting mixed up. And I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. who cares about that? And yeah. then when something real happens, I'm like. <gasps> and we're like. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's good to have balance in your life. Well, we've both been exposed to a lot of a lot of trauma, a lot of things that are out of our control. And I think that. Um, and I had a chill upbringing. Yeah. 
and, and, <laughs> and I can understand, uh, you know, it's it's funny because sometimes I can really like I, I can understand like, oh, Caitlin's having a fucking a 90 seizure day. Like this is out of my control. I just need to show up and hold space. Uh, I can't control this. But the little things feels like I can. You start and telling yourself a very convincing story. Oh, yeah. I start telling everyone a very convincing story. Yeah. Well, I. Like, and I'm that's <laughs> just me grasping for control in a chaotic universe where I don't really have much. That's me trying to take some power back. And it's it's clinging and it's nasty and it always puts me in a worse place. I was in such a bad place before we started this because of these lighters. You know? I know. And you started fuck, you, you fucking breaking my shit. And I'm like. I know. I'm, I'm like, like you're oh, being is it in here? And I ruined some little thing that you've held precious your whole life. Yeah, well, and I'm, I was actually like, this is kind of perfect because part of me is like, oh, Sean's being like a fool, you mm-hmm. know? And then I have a moment where something of mine gets broke and I'm like, oh, I need to transmute this energy or I'm going to look like him, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. We help each other in that way. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's uh, it's always time to count your blessings. It's, yeah. it's always time. Like, it, it's a drug. That's if what you can tap into the gratitude attitude and you can have some practices that bring you back home to that from time to time, it's a drug. I used to wake up every morning so overwhelmed and so anxious. And it still happens sometimes where I just, like, feel like a weight on my chest before I've even woken up. And literally, the thing that helped make me move it in the right direction and that I go back to every time is I'm like, I wake up and I'm just like... Thank you for this bed. <laughs> like, it's, I just yeah. thank you for these covers. Yeah. Thank you for this roof. Thank you for the sun being out. Thank you for the rain that's with the plant, like watering the plants. You know, it's like I literally just have to count my blessings. And yeah. that is how I gather myself if I'm like lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. It's every time. Like, it's so simple. And that's where I feel like this podcast is like almost just like the messages we like to share are like our most simple reminders, you know, We're because they're the ourselves. literally the most powerful reminders. Yeah. Is, uh, it's like kind of like love versus fear. Like gratitude is love. It's appreciation. It's mm-hmm. appreciating the situation and also accepting the situation and understanding that it's temporary and that it's happening for you, not against you. Yeah. And that you can live in two realities where everyone's fucking you, or you can realize like, Oh, everyone's a mirror of me. And, I need to show up in a different way if I want people to show up in a different way for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, I was, I was having, uh, an interesting conversation with a friend of ours the other day, this guy, Rob Schnaff, who, uh, he's just a legendary producer, like discovered Beck, produced Beck's first album, produced all the Elliott Smith stuff. Uh, you know, just countless fucking, just the music we love. Like this guy's just been involved with it. And he was telling me, um, that's what Elliot Smith was like, you know, that he would seek out like the little negative pixel in, in any landscape. And he was always focused on on negativity or or the other shoe dropping like that. You know, you know that feeling we've all been there. Well, it's like depression. It's it's well, it's it's what depression is made of. Yeah. You know, it, d- depression is a bunch of those little pixels bundled up so much that they just become the whole fucking screen, mm. you know. And, and it's, it's, it's giving energy to that constantly. And if you don't have um, friends, family, community to, to keep that stuff in check, like you saw what happened to him, you know, yeah. and many others like him. And, and, you know, Rob was telling, just going through the list of people, artists, beautiful musicians, the most people, sensitive people, the most sensitive people, people that I consider American mystics yeah. that have killed themselves yeah. at young ages in the prime of their thing, because 
because everything we're talking about right now, all this stuff, it just gets fucking bundled up. And it's a, it's a lack of um, even being able to tap into your gratitude because, because it's created this, this fog over everything. You well, know, yeah, and you eventually think I'm never going to get out of this fog. I might as well get off this fucking planet. Yeah, our brains are so powerful and like negativity definitely stays with you more presently than positively positivity yeah. and you really need a lot more positive energy to wash out the negative energy you got to retrain your system you gotta you gotta almost but we can so it's like I having know. this conversation about mental health is really important because it's not it's like yeah exercising and eating healthy is all part of it but it's like in a moment-to-moment -moment basis realizing like okay you are in one reality but there's another reality right next door mm. and if we can keep that awareness at the forefront of our minds every situation we're faced with will feel more open and less confining because if we have the openness of remembering the infinite possibilities of how this could go we won't be so trapped into the negative story of this is fucked and it's going to be fucked yeah yeah i'm i'm one of the one of the leaders at telling a of this is fucked type of story you know i grew up in that in that type of situation where it's just like this is fucked everything's fucked and here's why it's fucked and i'll be so convincing about it it's ridiculous but you also are good at telling good stories i have the opposite ability too where everyone could be in a shit place and i'm like but the ac works you know we we we, we can go get food if we want like we're, we're not starving we're not dying we're we're well, confused that's where it's like balance and that's that's where it's like you got to just even appreciate the nature of being human and having those dark nights of the soul. And if you got to go into the mud to then have the Lotus, because it's like, you don't really have the appreciation for your uh, way to navigate difficult situations. If you don't navigate them poorly, sometimes, you yeah. know, like you kind of just are like, Oh shit, I really just fucked that up. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to try not to fuck it up the next time. And like, mm. I don't have to be in denial about how I fucked something up, but I could use that. It's like using it, using it all grist for the mill. Like yeah. how do we, you know, show up differently next time or, you know, remember that we can, or even just have a sense of humor about, the traps and tropes we fall into because of our personality type where our moon is placed in yeah. our our Saturn and Mars and all the things. And, well, <laughs> and, and just, just realizing that you cannot transmute that which you do not possess and you have to fucking go into training it because you possess it all, but it's just buried somewhere under all the fucking layers of fucking bullshit. Yeah. And and that that you can really tap into and and dig through your fucking soul and have the joy and the happiness and the grace really be the way that you go through life, as opposed to focusing on on judgments and and instincts that like just don't apply. They don't apply. We're we're fine. We're okay. Yeah. We're okay. You know, sometimes you just need to take a breath and settle into that moment, no matter how bad it is. You know. Well, and don't let yourself get trapped into like, well, I'll be happy when, you know, when I get that promotion or whatever it is. Like, fuck, you're, when you get that promotion, you'll be thinking about how you need to get something else, you know? And yeah. it's like, you need to be, we need to reclaim and claim our happiness and divinity in each moment mm -hmm. so that when that next moment happens, we can do that, that thing more easily, you yeah. know? And the, like, that's where, I, that's where assets has been so transformative for me is because I've gone through such difficult experiences mm. on acid that i'm like oh man if i don't have my mental health in check this drug will take me for a ride <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it will. And understanding how my mental health is actually affecting my day every day mm-hmm. and how keeping it in check and having healthy relationship with myself and the way I do that is more simply than I once thought. You know what I mean? I once thought I had to worry about everything to make sure I didn't fuck anything up. And then yeah. I realized, oh, the less I worry about things, the less worried I am. And then the more at peace I am and the less likely I am to fuck shit up because I'm at peace. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just it's more like a guide guide energy rather than like a way that I'm always. But it's good to have those sort of oh, reminders, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, and it's all, it's all childhood traumas. You know, we're all, we're all kids who are just fucking scared, you know, like our parents are tasked with trying to socialize us and and, and no matter how much, how much uh, they want to do that the right way, it usually is something that's like, we just heard Ram Dass talking about this, you know, um, when we're, we're we're trying to train somebody to be in this society as a kid, um, we can't help it because some things are good that they're going to do and some things are bad and we can't help ourselves but to shame the things that are bad. And so you get these, these imprints on you at a young age and you carry them through life and they fucking, they manifest. And um, until you pull yourself out of that, it's just going to keep happening over and over again. You're, you're basically reliving, you know, childhood disappointments. You're the people you, you thought you let down or, you know, how you fucked up and this and that. And a lot of people, they, uh, people respond all different kinds of ways to that stuff. But I mean, it controls my life, you know, the way I was raised, the, the eggshells I had to walk on are still the same eggshells I have to walk on. I'm trying to begin to pull myself out of that that thing and to become it's it's a process of becoming less reactionary it's a process of becoming of of uh less embodying of that fearful child and more embodying of the adult who made it here and just settling into this this here moment which is what your life is it is this moment it is not what's going to happen in the future it's not what has happened in the past it's right here yeah yeah, we we become our parents in a way that's kind of comical. Oh god. Like so you saying the eggshell things. I'm like the thing I've been saying to you the last couple of days is like I feel like I'm walking around eggshells on you, you know, around you. And it's like so funny cuz you saying that, that that was part of your childhood. It's funny that I said that to you in the last couple of days cuz it's like it's it's that. It's not only that it affects us, it's also who we become. And like I was micromanaged and so then i become i'm a micromanager you know what i mean totally (laughs) like it's so obvious to me how i've become that way but then i think about your life for two seconds and i'm like yeah you were micromanaged you know you were an only child who really was at home with your dad a lot of the time and you know he's fucking you know micromanaged type of person so i feel like what how that's manifested in your life is you have the tendency of like something could go wrong across the world and you'll just go through your your browser history of like how did i how did i do that oh my god is it because i said that thing in the email or was it because i didn't call them or is it because it like no why why are you blaming yourself for anything oh because you grew up being blamed same thing with me you grew up being blamed and shamed and micromanaged i don't know if i'm ever gonna get over this one though because i feel like very not with that attitude no i know (laughs) i know but i do like there's something of um like feeling alone in this universe in the sense of like really coming to this awareness that every interaction is like a reflection of me and that we're one thing and we're very connected. And yeah, I have, but also because of that, like anything I do 
I like take responsibility for. And that doesn't mean I don't still blame you for stuff, but I still like, I, I feel like the only way to feel empowered is to think, okay, how could I do something differently in the next future? Because it weirdly made you a better person. It's such a trap to say like, oh, well, I just need you to go to therapy. (sighs) Our life will be good if you go to therapy, which is something that I've tried to get you to go to therapy, of course, (laughs) as women, as women often do. Do you go? I probably should and would love to, but like, it is one of those things that, um, but I, I, when was the last time I told you to go to therapy? Years, because um, we had an ex that tried to tell us that. And, and then I, I saw how that went, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. She's like, you need therapy. I'm like, are you in therapy? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, then just shut up. <laughs> just, like, just stop. You know what I mean? Like, un- unless you've done this thing or, or attempted to do it for yourself, don't go recommending it to me. It's just like you're being condescending. You know? Let's go together. <laughs> Well, and it's one of those things that, like, we are powerful people, and there's this trap of, like, giving your power away. And it is, I have been wondering lately about, like, what I've so karmically felt the reflections of, like, when I vent to someone that I, that it's not, it's not like just, oh, I just vented to them and it's not going to affect them. It affects how they see me. It affects how yeah. they see you. It affects yeah. how they see the world. It affects, you know what I mean? And I can feel it so intimately. Yeah. So I'm like, where is that safe space of venting? And then I, I've been thinking lately, okay, like, I'm not a journaler. But You're like, where is there a, a safe home for my judgments? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, Sean, I've yeah. been thinking about that so much. I'm like, yo, I got some shit rolling through me. And I can't say it to you. And I can't say it to Mare. And I can't say it to my mom. So it starts to build up a little bit. Resentment, anger, a little tension starts to come. I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. You know, when I, when I can't just like, yeah, and you know, I'm a nightmare when I feel like I'm not being heard or like no one understands. I'm like, cool. Well, let's get back to chapter one then. <laughs> you know, I'll start over. Let's start over. You you don't you don't buy what I'm saying. Let's start over. Let's start over. And it's like, it's me searching for a safe home for my judgments. And the truth is, there shouldn't be a safe home for my judgments. Well, there is no safe home for your judgments because when you start going off on one, then you get me crying, and then you have to apologize, and it's like it never ends up working out for you and, that and it's, well. <laughs> and ultimately, it's like, what do I want? You know, if I were to go complaining to Mare about you, what do I want to come of that? Exactly. You know, in the moment, it feels good to be heard, but what do I want her to download the same set of fears I have about you as me? Like, why? Yeah. You know, it's un, it's un, it would be unkind and yeah. inconsiderate. And I think I've done that maybe in previous relationships where I like it's like, oh, man, fucking Sean's a fucking handful, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then, you know, that relationship then they end up seeing it like they, that. Yeah. Then they like, I, yeah, I, all of a sudden I've been a convincing storyteller and they start looking at you like you're the asshole I've been seeing you as. And then it's like, well, it's very convenient because then yeah. it's like, oh, we can otherize your your personal issues. We They're outside of you. You right. know, all that all that stuff. It's Sean's fault. And it's like super convenient narrative uh, when you're in an unhappy relationship or, or right. an unfulfilling relationship to to start blaming and shaming the other person and telling great stories about how they're holding you back and this and that. And that's fine. That's all good. But that's what, but like, that's what you then I'm trying to get to the place of just because I'm almost refusing to have an outlet about it. I'm kind of internally processing it now lately in a way where I'm okay. Like just letting it go. Yeah. 
And I do probably need to like go to some women's group yeah. and scream my heart out somewhere or fucking have some purgative, purgative, uh, yeah. psychedelic experience. And like this stuff is in me, you know, the venom is in me, mm-hmm. you know, it's in all of us. And you're like a little bit better with your words that I wouldn't dare talk to you about it. Cause I feel like it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to compete with the master here of the convincing <laughs> storyteller. Why would I want to tell my bad story? Cause he'll just tell me a different story and be well, very a lot convincing. of times I'll tell you a worse story. I'll be like, Oh, you think that's a bad story? Yeah. Let me retell it with my little thing. Yeah. You know? And it was like, who is this serving? What does this serve? What is it? What are we doing? I don't know. We're, we're taking our anxiety, which is inherent to this fucking situation. You know, uh, having taken human form in America in 2021, we're taking our anxiety and we're trying to troll ourselves with it and we're trying yeah. to make it into something more tangible and, and something we can wrap our heads around a little bit better. And it's like, it's just so not necessary. I think the better instinct is like what you're saying is to just is let it go. Well, it's like, so hard. Also recognize that it's creative energy. And sometimes yeah. I can be like, well, I'm being creatively held back or something. You know what I mean? Tell a story like that. And it's it's a joke. You know, it's a joke because if I put half as much energy into feeling how creatively held back I am to being creative, like it'd be a non-issue. Well, I would say the same thing about revolution, you know, to tie this all together. Yeah. If we spent half as much time uh, actually doing something than being pundits and having our little, oh, oh, perfect opportunity for me to tweet my little thing or or this and that. If we spent half of that After energy, we just did a pundit like yeah. podcast <laughs> yeah that's that's what we're doing yeah. that's what we're doing you know yeah but like like what i'm saying if if you put half that effort into fucking doing something about it uh you know usually that solves your problems but that's where like this fucking laziness comes in and like this like ugh. well that's where it's like we're just being honest about our path and our path i think everyone who goes to therapy is like thank god for therapy and i'm a huge proponent of people having therapist if they need therapist oh hell yeah if you can afford that and you need it go for it yeah that's an incredible outlet but for people like us who are gonna raw dog it you know we have to kind of think and behave a little differently and we do not have uh, this is our therapy like we're working it out we're working out a lot of like feels like kind of like disparate points on the map and we're connecting them here you know and i feel like when they because everything is so interconnected and we're all so interconnected and when it feels like like dis- disparate points and we're not doing this way of like, oh, connecting it all. We're just a little bit more lost in the sauce, right? Right. Wouldn't you say? So. Yeah, man. This punditry is an attempt for us to uh, tell a, a better story about a lot of seemingly negative things. But those seemingly negative things oftentimes are here to uh, wake us up. And the judgment comes up to the surface as an impurity as something that your heart needs to deal with and when we don't do that like for me i'm only speaking for me it turns into anger it turns into resentment it feels like a lack of control feels like things are spinning out and having these kind of conversations and i suggest everyone do this kind of thing with their friends like go deep talk about the stuff that that is bothering you you know talk about fucking politics or the state of the world or or your friendships or your relationships or your childhood like talk about this stuff let's bring stuff out into the light let's bring Mm -hmm. it out into the light because then we can do something about it yeah when we leave things in the dark or we disappear our problems through prisons or war or violence they grow they get worse it gets it, it, it 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 encompasses your being 
Yeah. And, you know, at that, at that point, you know, there, there's very little you can do when it gets that out of control, you know, when, when the train is really moving at full speed and it's just fueled by negativity, that thing, like that's, that's a hard thing to slam the brakes on at that point. Well, talk about checking power. Cause it's like, your mind is so powerful and that shit needs to get checked. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Like Joseph Campbell says, it's a secondary <laughs> organ that we just fucking turn everything over to, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah fucking crazy i broke our bong the other day <laughs> as, as long as we're getting it all out we're getting it out we're getting it out <laughs> i mean uh if we're counting our blessings i'm gonna just count my blessing that we even had that bong to begin with uh r.i.p to big marv yeah. marvin gay the bong i should have known if we named it marvin gay that it wouldn't be long for this world but mm. you know came out the other morning and the bong was sitting on the kitchen counter and I got something out of the shelf and it went to fall and you know how you do those like miraculous like oh I caught it before it I caught it and it just knocked the bong over and it shattered into a fucking thousand pieces and like man I wanted to jump out a window like I'm telling you this is that if if you would have gone into a seizure I would have been in a better place to deal with you than fucking me breaking the bong it made me want to jump out a fucking window it's like the little things it's like the straw that broke the camel's back type of moment and i just fucking was just on my own case the whole fucking day and i basically we had to go and replace it that day with pretty much it's twin luckily they had the exact same one i want to name this one big jim <laughs> okay you know what i'm saying yeah perfect big jim when I first heard that song, I thought they were saying bitchin'. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's a song by Ween off the Pure Guava album called Big Jim, J-I-L-M. And it's about uh, this used car salesman back in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Funny. Big Jim. Yeah. So that's what this one's named. I'll take a rip off this, and then we'll uh, we'll head on our merry way, right? Cool. Do you want to do another episode? Uh, Sure. Yeah, we're going to do another episode, y'all. Don't miss it. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. Pay any amount and you get access to these bonus podcasts that we do. Our radio show, Church of Chill, which turns a lot of people on to a lot of different kind of music, including us. And that's um, a good sacred space. Like Church, Church of Chill is like a collective sacred space where you can put this uh, like hour, hour and a half long episode and take a bath or go for a walk in the park with you by yourself like do a date night with yourself or with a friend or have six homies come over and be like, yeah, we're not saying anything during this episode. We're just going to smoke and listen you Yeah, know? Or, or eat an edible, you know, yeah. it's or paint or draw or kind of say like, okay, I'm going to put my phone down while I listen to this episode and I'm going to doodle yeah. or meditate or smoke a bong. And so that I then kind of, going to floaty land yeah it's really music is such medicine and especially since we haven't been able to go to a lot of live shows and kind of get our ego stripped and go on the adventure of everything that comes into your mind as you hear like an overwhelming sense of sounds and grooves and stuff um it's a very it's our therapy oh absolutely it's it's honestly it's uh music is is the drug of all drugs you can't overdose on it and you it, like, can't die from it. Yeah, and it will take you 
like gently like hands into like the next moment because it's like a flowing mm-hmm. decoration of time. Yeah. You know, you get to kind of go on a ride without going anywhere. Yeah. So I don't know. It's something we take very seriously. We're very passionate. Yeah. We just put out episode 117. So if you go to our Patreon, every, all 117 episodes, there's a lot of content on our Patreon, you know. Even if we were to never put anything out on there again, there's a lot of stuff on there for you to dive into. And when you join that, too, you also get access to our Discord community, which is, um, I don't know, I guess our main portal to even to making friends. Yeah. That's that's how everyone becomes friends also, with us. Also, everyone's, like, it's it's self-sustaining. When I see pictures of people meeting up who met through Discord, I'm literally... Nothing gives my life more meaning than purpose and feel like, oh, shit, there's a reason we made something out of nothing, you know? That's how I know we're mushrooms is because when the mycelium spreads, you know, like just nothing makes me happier. When people find love through this. (gasps) I know. Love, friendship, fucking good conversation, uh, you know, just feeling heard and seen, you know, because we're freaks. And we let our freak flag fly. It's not something everyone can do. We're in a position where we're like, we're going to sacrifice a lot of comfort so we could just be open about who we are. Yeah. And, you know, if we're a talisman of that for you, um, there's a lot of others like you. And they're coming together in this little thing. Like, they hear us. They hear what we're saying. They have much better and more interesting things to say. So it's, it's so like, true. You know, <laughs> like I was talking to Chris the other day on the phone, and he was just like dropping wisdom bombs on me, and I was like, "Oh, thank God everyone gets together in these smoke sessions on the Discord and can talk to each other." And like, yeah, we know? have a video chat on there. It's just called the backyard smoke. It's the the back porch smoke sesh, and like people are on there every day. They get on there and there's like they're just smoking weed and like other people will join them and we j- we've literally witnessed like people making new friends and making plans for their future with people and like it's just it it's so fulfilling watching community blossom w- without us having to be like deep down and dirty in the garden of the community but just like we planted these seeds they're growing they're bearing fruit you I know? do have some ideas for fall though that I want to pick back up summer's been such a wash yeah energetically to like show up because you're just like so you're like body's like soak in the sun yeah soak in the sun I need it's, every it's been last hard second. for us to do anything consistently this summer we've had such an adventure and like I said we're we have a couple film projects we we shot one in its entirety already, and that'll probably come out by the end of the year. And then we have another one coming out early next year. And, uh, yeah, just really appreciate the support. Appreciate you listening to and us. And hanging out with us. Thanks for hanging out. That's mainly what this is. It's a hang. Don't take anything we say too seriously. Just oh, yeah, forgive us. <laughs> forgive us for all our impurities. We yeah. forgive you, and we love you. Yeah, You're we're perfect. We are certainly counting our blessings. Anyone that listens to us, like, I know not a lot of people listen to us, but anyone that does, is like, we deeply appreciate you. We feel you. It's It means the world to us that we can have this platform and try out some of these ideas, and it's, it's basically like a, a revolutionary roadmap of what our future could be. We're trying to render out what our future could be, and we, we have to have those visions if we want to achieve them. So... We're just throwing stuff out there. We want to hear other people's opinions about this stuff, too. So join us on uh, Discord, Church of Chill, patreon.com slash Church of Chill. Oh, should we throw up Joey's QR code? Oh, we'll put up the QR the QR code. And uh, if you want um, a Church of Chill shirt, we got these tie-dye ones now. Yeah, those are cool. fucking awesome. So, so I'll have those on the site in a, couple, in a week or two. Yeah, yeah. Put it in an order. It's a, it's a great way to uh, support this weird little thing that we're doing. 
I love you. Love you. I'm going to hit Big Jim. Big Jim. Mmm. Milky. Mm, milky. Very milky. Peace, love, and magic, y'all. <laughs>